I'm Fernando Mastrangelo, and this is The Path, an interview series that uncovers the business of being an artist. People don't like to think of art as a business, and you know what? I get it. It kind of kills the romance of it, but that's not really realistic anymore. We're trying to grow. We're asking new sets of questions. We're using social media to expand our audience and even get new clients. So we're going to uncover some of the mysteries and strategies behind some of the most successful people in the field today. I want to share those with you so you can really see what it takes to build a successful studio. Annie Lee Parker was deemed the breakout American design star of 2017 by Sight Unseen. I first saw her work this year at ICFF and I was super impressed by these terracotta lamps that she makes. I started following her on Instagram and also became impressed by how she's been branding and storytelling. I wanted to sit down with her because she's moved up quickly in her career and I wanted to see how she's been managing it all. Annie makes ceramic furniture, lighting, and jewelry. She's got a unique style that has its own language and it's distinctly becoming hers. I'm excited to share this interview since we covered a lot of ground and you really get a sense of Annie's path. Let's jump in right now. All right, Annie, thank you so much for yeah. doing this. Uh, I'm really excited about interviewing you because you're, okay, as you know, Sean Santiago? He said that you were the basically the designer of the millennial generation. Do you remember this? No. Where? Wait. Inside Unseen. Oh. So the title of his the title of his um, article was like Annie Lee Parker, basically the uh, the new voice of the millennial generation oh for design God. and fashion, which you know is interesting to me because that's kind of a it's kind of a bold statement. Um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, a lot of pressure. Piggybacked on yeah. your New York Times article uh, mm -hmm. from 2017. So I kind of want to start there with you because from what I can sort of gather, that's this is the moment where things started to change for you. I mean, you had success even as an undergrad in Savannah. You were getting press. You were doing interesting things. You got a great scholarship. Uh, mm -hmm. So there was already some notoriety around you. And then sight unseen happens and I feel like that's where the, mm -hmm. where things changed. Yeah, I was actually in grad school. You're in grad so, school. Okay, yeah, sorry. I yeah. was in grad. Um, I did undergrad in interior design. Right. And I went back for furniture uh, for my master's. And I was still in school when I did sight unseen. I was like finishing up, literally finished. So this is almost like your thesis exhibition almost. Um, my thesis exhibition was actually January this year. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which, yeah, right. it's nuts. So I did my MA and I did an artist residency and the school came back and they were so kind and they were like, um, we, you know, if you would like to finish and work on your thesis. And the only reason why I didn't want to do my thesis was because I hate writing. And I was like, you know, <laughs> really, so yeah. I really don't want to do this. But if it's, you know, if I'm getting the scholarship, obviously sure. I'm going to take it. So that's when I did. I completed it. And okay. then finish my thesis. So now you're officially a, a master am, of, <laughs> of ceramics, uh, furniture. Of furniture, furniture. Yeah. awesome. Yeah. And so, all right. So take me back a little bit to to how this all unfolded for you, because it seems like it's just been a, a sort of a storm of things just happening very quickly for you. And you know, I think it started also from grad school when you started recording things on on. Online, you started to sort of use stories and Instagram and social media to sort of just be out there, right? I mean, they tell me the story because I think yeah. it's interesting for a lot of the people who are who are watching. Well, so I went to SCAD, which is in Savannah, Georgia. It's kind of we don't have like a huge 
I mean, it's like a slow city. So I learned really quickly to document. Like I saw the importance of documenting and being able to share all my work via internet. Because um, that's where you're going to get the chance to get like thousands of people to look at your work. So I did that very early on. Well, early on, like as in I, when I started grad school. Um, I made sure like every project that I did, I could photograph, submit to like anything that was like around. And somehow like if press happened, that's like where I think I understood like, oh, this is the way to go. It's like making not only like well-designed pieces, but editorial pieces, right. you know. So. so what would you do? Would you set up your, your grad studio with a, uh, a situation where you could photograph things nicely? And, and, and uh, how would you do it? No, I think that it was a bit of a collaboration. I would find photography students and we would scout locations. And SCAD also has like a photo studio that you could rent it out and go and take your pieces. So how did you know to do that so early on? I got a scholarship. So the first piece like that I made, the first um, furniture that I made was a chair and we photographed it. I loved the process. I, it was my first baby mm -hmm. and I was so excited. So we documented and I applied for a scholarship and through the scholarship, I got like a little bit of press. And I was like, wait, and that's like when it clicked, I was like, wait a second, I could, you know, do this every time. Right. Because you're taking three classes a quarter and you have to make something like that's a lot of work. Absolutely. So I mean, that's how it started. It's cool because you have to actually realize that realizing that early on is probably what's helped you get to the point where you are right now. Yeah. Um, so then tell me about Sight Unseen, that, that show. Um, I think. I was really lucky. I think um, the right people saw my work at the right time. The right people, meaning like Monica and Jill, um, they saw, I think, the... Did you apply? Um, I didn't. Okay. I They contacted me and it was through... They saw like some of the work that I had done at an artist residency. Mm -hmm. And that was the wheel thrown pieces, like tables. Right. And they asked me if I was interested in showing, which at the time, because I was in school, I was like, I don't know if I can sweeten this. Mm -hmm. But they were so kind and find me like sponsor, um, sponsors and it just facilitated the whole process. Cool. And I was like, I would be so stupid not to do this. Not to do this yeah. So I did it. I don't even think they knew that I was in school back then. Yeah, well. It was until later. Yeah. Right. It's you, you had said somewhere that the business sort of just started to happen on its own in a lot of ways for you. It wasn't yeah. that you sort of said, okay, I'm going to set out to start a business. This just sort of evolved for you, right? It was... Yeah, it was... I've had, My dream was to actually, like, if I could get a corporate job. It sounds so what do you weird. Mean, right now? No, like... <laughs> oh. Like, my whole thing was, like, I want to work for, like, a corporate, you know, like, I want to be in the team. I want to have a good boss. I want to, like, have benefits. I want to go, like, <laughs> nine to, like, six. Okay. And, like, that was kind of, like, my idea, like, in school. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And after sight and scene, people were emailing about pricing. And I was like, oh, it like, I guess it clicked. I was like, I need to come up with like costs and I need to like figure out how to make this stuff. I need to like, you know. So that's kind of what I mean when it just kind of slowly happened mm -hmm. was I I guess I didn't get it at that time that I was showing at a trade show. Right. To me, it was just a show. Sure. 
Because um, sure. when you're in Did school, you understand you the scope of what it's like sight unseen provides, what their position is in the in the scope of contemporary design? Did, did you know that about them when you... When yeah, you... I followed, like I would read their blogs, like I okay. would, or I guess post. Um, <clears throat> I, I was like pretty much like in check. Um, but the whole scene of like design in New York felt so like far away mm -hmm. being in the South mm -hmm. that I felt like, I don't know, it's just, there's a disconnect there yeah. and it kind of felt unreal like coming and showing and then realizing oh this is what people do right for a living like, right maybe you know it could work so you put the booth up uh you have expectations what, what are your what are your feelings right as you put the booth up you're like well let's just see what happens kind of thing no i um i like to prepare i like to make the renderings and like model and get organized i was really nervous because you show there too. I have many years. Yeah, um, that's where I launched my company. Yeah, so my furniture company. Monica and Jill like had emails like we don't want the space to be blank. We want you to like create like a, a scene, an environment. Yeah, which with your interior design uh, skills or yeah, yeah it was degree, a it lot of fun. But it was also, I was so nervous because I was like, <laughs> I don't know anyone who's showing, so I right. don't know what to expect and like what level I'm supposed to go. And I was like. <laughs> And I also don't have any money. Like, I'm like, right. where am I going to, you know, do yeah, all of this? Yeah, you're still a student. Yeah. yeah. So I got, like, carpet towels donated, like, made everything in-house. And um, I just, like, decided to, I don't know, try to do as much as I could, like, at at the school. Yeah, of course. And we just, like, U-Haul that and just hope for the best. <laughs> Honestly, I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll see. Yeah. But, well... Okay, so you do the show, things turned out pretty well. I mean, immediately after, you started to get some bigger press, like right away. Yeah, right. the press is really good, sales not so much. I didn't like, I didn't have my shit together. Okay, uh, you can curse. Okay. <laughs> um, so I got like really great, you know, um, feedback from the community and from press. At this point, did you have your website, PDFs, uh, all that stuff ready for the time you launched? Your I was working on it. Okay. Like as soon as like I realized, like maybe a week before, um, okay. I have a mentor like in business that she was like, "You need to have a line sheet," and I was like, yes. "I don't even have pricing from the you know from the fabricators yet." Sure. So it was it was just so hectic and. I just remember feeling like, I don't know if this is gonna work. And getting the press is like really great, but also you, you know, the whole term of like fake it until you make it. Yeah. It was, I mean, that's like as real as it gets. I was like really yeah, faking it. <laughs> I was like trying so hard and I was like, I mean, I'm getting this great and people are emailing, mm -hmm. but I just like don't, there's like still like And this. you're you're obviously, you're still by yourself. You're a student and you're figuring out how to, Yeah. Answer the emails, get the price. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So give me an example of the pricing situation, right? How did you oh even come gosh. up with your pricing? How you were like, uh, my hours, time. I mean, you know, a lot of yeah. people struggle with this. We struggled so much with pricing. Right at the beginning, pricing went like, trying to find the right place, right? Because you don't want to overcharge. You want to be the... So how did you finally settle on some pricing? So... In the beginning, um, 
my friend and mentor, Katie, she mm-hmm. like was in the furniture business for a little bit and she has her own furniture. She was so kind and she shared her Excel sheet. Okay. Where you plug it in everything you can. Nice. Um, and she also shared the factories that she worked with for like upholstery and like getting like metal okay. made. And they were in North Carolina. I see. And I tried so hard. I like went to the factories, like we got things like prototypes made and it just was not working. Like I saw, I looked at my design, I plugged it in and here was the price. And it was like a good price. It was mm-hmm. like maybe $3,000 for a pair, like two chairs. Yep. But in my head, I looked at the price and I saw the whole process and then I looked at the design and I was like, something is off. It's like not quite right. Working. It's not right. Yeah. Yeah. It like looks so. Like it was it, a gut feeling. You were basically like, you know, yeah. Right. I don't think this is like, and the idea of like having to go to North Carolina, drive to North Carolina, just to get those things made, yeah. was a lot of work. So and logistics also became it just pricing wise, it wasn't. Yeah, work out. I just like didn't have that relationship with them yet to like just trust that they could create something and then ship it to the clients. Like right. Shipping to me for me to like quality check. It was just like you know too it, many. Things, yeah, yeah, it wasn't working out. So, <laughs> I yeah. I kind of like put those on hold. The metal, like okay. what I call the next collection was like everything was on hold. And then you, it seems like, so now then you've really tailored it to what you can do by yourself in studio, which is a lot of this is ceramic, right? I mean, yeah. so you kind of like eliminate the process of the other uh, mm-hmm. fabricators to sort of facilitate, you know, your, what you can, what you can which do. Which I think it's a really great, especially because I'm like, what, like this is my second year. Yep. So it's a great way to like learn how to get things done in yeah. terms of like from the beginning to end. Yeah. So when I got like fed up with the whole process with furniture, what I did was I was like, I'm just going to make things. I'm going to make jewelries, like earrings with my hands. That's yeah. like what I'm going to do. And I started doing that. Which, and... which relates to the fact that you, you know, grew up around fashion. You, right. You, you, you have a huge interest in it as well. But, uh, which... Yeah. So my parents like are from that world. It, they're more like from the cheap fashion of, you know, which that's what that was going to be like what I was going to study in school. Mm-hmm. But after a couple summers working in fashion district in L.A., I was like, there's no way I'm going to yeah. do this. Um, but I did that and I didn't know what to expect. And... I made like a line sheet. I I sent out to like, I have like some like fashion like retailers like following on Instagram, and I was like, I'm gonna just try this out. Sure. And it worked out, and I really <laughs> learned how to. The whole wholesale world, like I kind of learned how to do that, and like, packaging, like getting. You and know, this is for the jewelry. Yeah. Right. That was like the the first like I felt like it was like my small collection that yep. actually I felt like I had a good control of how things happened mm-hmm. and it really helped me scale that up to okay. furniture i don't know if that makes sense which it is does it does but... no it makes it uh because well one you're learning how to interact with the vendors right. you're figuring out if your margins work out or not mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you can scale your process right? right so that you can figure out how to actually make a lot of yeah. so it does of course relate to what you are doing in furniture um it's obviously different because the scale is mm-hmm. different but um, so you've said also like you want to make furniture with ceramic for a reason because you kind of want to do like slow design. Is this part of it? I, and and you <laughs> yeah. growing up, you grew up in Brazil, which I f- feel like also has uh, some influence on the handmade. Uh, maybe, you know, the fact that you're using terracotta, which is a very earthy kind of material. Yeah. It probably has some influence. I mean, we're not going to dive too deep into that, but I... I 
I know it has had some influence on you, right? And, and yeah, I can't tell like that much, like how much it has affected. Because I moved out from Brazil when I was like 14, 13, 14. Where were you in Brazil? Sao Paulo. In Sao Paulo. Yeah. Um, I think it probably has. It has. Of course. <laughs> but I just like don't know exactly what it is about it. There's something really endearing about the culture, the Brazilian culture, because everyone is so open and warm and they just want to have fun and they don't take things too seriously. Um, but it's my favorite, one of my favorite countries. It's, I mean, it's my parents people. lived in Sao Paulo. Oh, really? uh, I was, I, I did a project for Matthew Barney there in New Achin, um, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with exactly what you're talking about yeah. the people, the openness. Yeah. Uh, it's a very loving, carefree environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. I bet, I, no, we're talking about how it's influenced oh, the yeah. ceramics. I mean, um, because it's to make furniture out of ceramics it seems it's a little it's a little yeah it's just it's, it's unique i mean it's not like the i mean yeah it's kind of the fragility you know of it people are like they like think yeah, twice right um but like i said a lot of the things that i've like done so far it seems like i just tried it mm-hmm. and i just see if it sticks honestly because they're just these ideas that i get like i would love to you know i took like a small pottery wheel throwing class i was like oh this would be so cool if i could like make it really large and make it into tables um whether that works or not like i'm not gonna know until somebody buys it you know so it's been like a lot of those do you pay so you pay attention to like the work that you put out and then seeing how people sort of respond to it yeah, for sure. Um, and the tables, it's so funny. I've That was like 2017. I did so much of that and I was really into it. And, and you're talking about the ones with the pillars, glass tops. Yes. Right. So you got the um, coffee table, you mm-hmm. have the, and you showed two or three of those at Side of Sea. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, and then I hurt my back. Oh. Okay. And I was like, I'm. What, making the bigger, the bigger stand? The... It was like a long process, it was like a bulging disc, and I just like okay. was not content with my body and I took a break and then now that I'm like learning how to use my body and like take care of it and work on these things I'm getting these orders for tables and I was like only if you could have ordered that like when I was really into it that would have been really great um but it's a learning curve but what you said about like the slow design I do enjoy that intimacy of I'm not selling just products but I'm like selling my time Right. which I feel like is the, the highest commodity that we have as individuals. Like that's something that everybody has and it's I just value that so much. So for me being able to create things like us in the studio yeah. and they're handmade, but also they take a little bit of time. So I think there is an importance for me to like make sure telling clients like you know, there is something really precious about like Good things take time sometimes. Good things so, take time. Yeah. So One yeah. of the things that I noticed right away, I think I, we may have even spoken about this the first time we met. I said, oh, why don't you just make a mold and cast them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I see them and I think, oh, wow, they're so easy to mold. Yeah. And then I was like, wow, then you can really scale. And then you were like, well, I like the idea of of yeah. each one being made. You, told, you, you, you sort of shared what you just shared with me. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I kind of like that. And I like the idea of valuing your time because... You know, today we're in a phase where like I, everyone's just thinking about how to scale things. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, how do I make 150 of these? You right, know, right. and and you sort of said, no, that's kind of like that's not what I want to do. And yeah. um, 
And I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with casting. Even casting in ceramic mm-hmm. take as much work sometimes because yeah, of the cleanup. Um, I yeah, I love the hand. The hand building was my re- remedy mm-hmm. of my back getting hurt. I see. So like just thinking like casting too is like ooh, that's like a lot of weight on the mold. You that's know? true. Um, but the idea of like hand building, there's like a really nice gesture of you know bringing it up, and I just. I know there's like something really soothing and sure it takes time but like we said like if i think i find that a little valuable so and so now that you know we also something that we touched on the first time i met was um pricing like how did not to feel frustrated right by how much you end up needing to produce at the prices that you need to produce like you have to find what the value of your time is essentially right. on top of being able to make margins, pay, you know, assistance or um, pay your overhead or whatever. So you've been adjusting yeah. all of that, right? Yeah. It's been it's, it's been a, a process. It's a learning curve. Yeah. yeah. Talk a little bit about how that's how it's been a learning curve. I mean, I think we all go through it, you know, but how sure. has it been for to figure that out? I mean, I don't have the answer to that yet. I um we like the lamps. For example, yeah. we had a good price, and I, everyone was saying that's too low. Too low. And I said, my side of things were was that last year, the tables I, it I priced it at a point where I could wholesale, which didn't make any sense. I didn't know what I was doing. I right. I priced the tables. Let's say you know, was, um, let's say a table was like eight thousand dollars, and I was like, well, if I had to like sell this wholesale, it would be like I would get four thousand dollars. So that's great. But I didn't think of the idea of like, if I want to wholesale something, that's like a lot of work. For, I, I'm not selling like five at a time, you know, it's just yeah. like a one of a, you know, one piece. Absolutely. So that's the mistake that I made last year. Now, the mistake is where? Because you should have, you should have priced it at a place where you feel comfortable just selling them direct. Yes. And making your margin. Because it's not a design piece for wholesale. It's not meant to be. Okay. Sometimes you look at a piece and you're like, that's too hard to like. That's like, you know, it doesn't make sense. Agreed. Um, so for the lamps, like everyone was like, no, that's like too low. And they thought, well, I just want to get them out there. Good you idea. know, right. I want I want these in like spaces and want these in people's homes. And to like ha- to know like what how, what am I supposed to do from there? Yeah. But for now, I just want them out. So this brings up something really interesting for me, and uh, I'd love to see uh, your thoughts on it. So you're positioning yourself in a particular market, mm-hmm. right? Your lamps being a certain price, uh, the coffee table. We talked about this. Like you, right. the, the There's tiers. different markets. There's different tiers. Mm-hmm. Which tier do you feel like you want to be hitting currently? How do you want to be seen in terms of that tier? And yeah, like where, where do you find yourself that, where do you want to be in that tier? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because to me, right, it looks to me like art, what you mm-hmm. make. And when something looks like art to me, uh, I think it sort of deserves a, a different tier, mm-hmm. deserves an art tier. Um, where do you, where do you, where do you, how do you feel about it? Um, so within my business, I somehow find myself that I had different tiers, different price points. So like I still do jewelry, which is 
completely affordable for anyone. Right. Um, and then I have like, let's say the lamps are my second tier or, you know, last year was like the vases was, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm not doing vases anymore. And then the lamps and then we have mirrors and tables. So it keeps going up. Right. So what I learned is that I looked at, you know, the people that followed me via social media or people that were emailing me about pricing. And I saw that some people wanted to buy certain things, but they just couldn't afford at that time, which I'm there. Like, that's something that, you know, I'm not like my market for like tables. Um, So I found them like buying other things like jewelry instead. And I love the idea of that. I can like, I can provide something that people can buy right now. And as they get older and they're, you know, getting promotions, like as I'm getting older, we can eventually like afford things that we actually really love and we want to buy. So for me to have those different price points, um, I find that important. And you right now, can build an audience long term. Right. Other words. It's and like jewelry is like the best way for me to. It's so easy for you. Love so, it. You. Yeah. I remember the first conversation. You were like, I just want to make jewelry. <laughs> right. I, I mean, just. It's. The customer service in jewelry is so easy, easy. and it's so nice because people get so like excited. Like, oh, I just had this instant last week that someone contacted me. I borrowed like earring for this wedding and I broke it and she loves it and I want to order. And I was like, no, you don't have to order. I'll send you. Really it's fine. It. Yeah. That's and, awesome. you know, it's just so easy to do that. I can't do that with lamps. That's too hard yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, you know, some of your new mirror pieces start mm-hmm. to incorporate the jewelry kind right. of aspect. It came from the jewelry. It actually. came from the jewelry. Yeah. I mean, they kind of, you know, I'm looking at them now in the space and they, they kind of resemble jewelry. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're doing now, we're incorporating them into vases too. Because I have all this leftover chain mail. Got I was it. like, we're just going to drape, like pierce like vases with them. So it kind of happens by like just playing in the studio. I mean, listen, you're, you know, you've, you've said in, in uh, interviews that you love Faye Too Good. You know that mm-hmm. she's does interior, she does yeah. furniture, she does clothing, which is something you also uh, are interested in doing, right? Jumpsuits and things like this, yeah, right? We're, um, is I'm this one of your doing, pieces? Or no? Okay. no. Okay. We're still, I still need to, we're in the process of making a prototype, but my mom cool. and I are doing like oh, a little. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It'll be fun. I mean, this is what's been so fascinating to me about, I've only known you for, I guess, a, I've known your work since Sight Unseen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've known you now maybe for six months or so. Um, you're hitting, like, you decide to do jewelry, you decide to do uh, clothing, and people are paying attention. It's like, New York Times also called out your your fashion stuff, your, your jewelry, yeah. as, which is fun. What? Yeah. Yeah, because you probably, you're just sort of doing, you know, whatever feels natural to you. Mm -hmm. And people seem to be responding to that. Um, How, how does that feel? Like, you know, it's like, uh, I went through it a little bit at the beginning, you know, uh, but I just sort of charged through. I didn't really try not to pay attention. You just sort of charge through your, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Um, But are you feeling the pressure? Um, What kind of pressure? I... Well, like, look, now you have a you have a business, mm-hmm. right? You have these different interests of yours. You know, you have jewelry, uh, fashion, and your furniture. I mean, it has to become sustainable, right? And and you, it is sustainable right. right now. So, like, there starts to be pressure. Now you have two assistants, you said, right? And then mm-hmm. it's just going to keep growing from there. 
And so where do you feel, you know, yourself at um, in that regard? <laughs> I think the pressure comes more from like what you had asked, like, where do you want to be? Like, what part of the market do you want to be? You know, and I, I like just recently went with Ian and Valerie to Salon, Salon New York. And there are a lot of times like you feel this, the pressure is that a lot of times they, I think people are saying, this is like where it's at, collectible furniture, like, you know, really well, like high priced pieces. And I went there and I like just remember myself, like I was in love with every, all the pieces they are amazing. And I'm so curious about how things are made. But there was like this gut feeling that was like, I felt so nervous about being there. Um, and I think the pressure it's from, I don't know this world enough to even think about like, if this is where I want to be, you know, right. like, I just like, don't know what the people are like. I don't know what the industry is like in that sense. So like when people ask me like, where do you want the business to go? I don't know yet. Cause I, I haven't got, I mean, yeah. you know, just started. Um, so I'm really happy where we are now. I just am trying to figure out how to like do things more efficiently so we can play more and like try other things, you know, because everything like so far has been like I just trying things and throwing against the wall and see if it sticks or not. Um, and I've done a lot of embarrassing things in the past. Like I started a lot of different businesses before and it failed. Really? Every time. But I'm like completely OK with it. I'm I'm okay being embarrassed. I mean, I, mean, I think you've maybe found your spot now in somewhere, yeah. you know. And maybe it'll change. I don't know. But right now, it's You know, fine. when you say that you don't know where you fit in terms of collectible or that, that sort of world just yet, or you feel uncomfortable around that, do you see yourself as an artist? Yeah, I don't see that much of a difference between artists and designers. I think, um, I think designers should learn to be more vocal about their work, um, more personal. I think coming from, SCAD is a very technical school and there's a lot of, um, here's a client, here's the design brief, you know, here's oh, going to be successful Oh, that was how the not. assignments were? That's... A lot of, I mean, yeah. a lot of the classes were, okay. we had some more, like it's very conceptual as well, okay. but I think designers are often thinking about like how to solve like a problem and make right. things that sell, which that's a great mindset that artists need to have like fine artists need to have um, <laughs> yeah, true but i think there's like i think today like it doesn't you know it doesn't matter like you should learn both sides like you should be more vocal and more personal about your work because that's important today there are a lot of shit happening out there that you know people need to stand up and also people you we should not be naive about selling our work or like you know making making a living out of it so i don't see a lot of difference between and do you feel like that the gateway to that is through social media? Um, yes, I think that social media is definitely a window. Like you can't, I mean, it doesn't get as personal. Trying Yours, to. You're, I, you know, I follow you, obviously. I follow your stories. It feels like you balance uh, any the person, you know, your, your, your interests, your travel. Yeah and your studio life. Right. Um, it's, I try not to post too much about like, let's say like really personal things like my marriage or, okay. you know. Yeah. But I also, I had a time where I was like, so like focused on like making sure like everything was like dead on. 
um, the story. Uh, do you mean on social? Like, yeah. Like you wanted it to like be definitely like an like aesthetic. branded. And I yes. still do. Like I have an app where do. I can like you know organize my photos. Um, where I'm like really like anal about like things looking certain ways. Um, but for s- stories are just so easy. They're loose. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. just and people are, like they're gonna see like. But that's where they get to know you. Exactly. Kind of as a it's person. So, and, it's so nice because you don't yeah. have to commit. Right. You know what I mean? I mean right. You've got your your grid that you end up really yeah. aesthetically, you mm-hmm. know, organizing. But then you get to be a little. I guess my question is like. And it's not just like one way. It's like the other way. Like if you. Yeah, what do you mean? If people comment on your work, like you can literally look into your clients like. Absolutely. Life. You right. know, it's like a two way. You thing. had said to me at one point, you were like, you know, for now, you have a different following than I do um, in terms of your your clientele um, you know and, and it struck me because I was like is that true like like where do you who is your audience you know like what are you finding your client yeah. those people on there are you know and, um, it, I just remember yeah it struck me because I thought oh yeah right as we build it's not that there's one type of interior design or architecture world it, there's several and they yeah. you know You've developed a, a an audience, maybe that's different than mine or different than other designers. And I, it, I was like, right, I, I didn't really realize that until then. And um, so, you're in tune with your clients because of because of it as well. Yeah. So, I see that a lot of the people that have followed me are um, are either ceramic fanatics you know they love pottery they love anything clay um and then i have a lot of like people in the fashion world, that's what i was gonna say too, right? yeah. um which i saw that and i was like well if i have this following that i'm gonna try to see if i can make something for sure. this market um and also i mean and then just like the interior design crowd Clients, yeah um so it's a little bit of everything i don't know i, just, I like that you number one you know who yeah. is your audience? I mean, you can tell. Like, you can tell. Yeah. I know. Especially yeah. if you're the one running the yeah, social media, right. I think that's important because it's a way to like understand like who you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. Has it helped uh, your sales? Definitely. I mean, do you sell like a lot through Instagram? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean you know, to us, it's like uh, it, it, it's how we do our PR at this point. You know, in yeah. a lot of ways. Um, I don't love like sales through DM messaging right. just because then I have to that's another channel that I have to like, have keep to actually, organize yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. exactly I'm just like but you always, get you get them through yeah. you get the DM and then you push them yes. to the email I was like, email me please that's right yeah. we do the same exactly thing. exactly um but it's so funny because you think that it feels so um casual but it's not anymore if you're, yeah, <laughs> you're thinking about like interior designers or people who are like planning a project they're just saving things they like and they're just gonna it's so easy and then they request yes this should be like an ad for instagram i mean it's amazing okay let's move a little bit from the social media stuff uh not not away from it but more so the direct to the consumer i'll go ahead what do you want to say you want to say yeah can we just say though before we move off because i have a lot of people that i have like friends and like some people that like mention like Oh, um, just through social media, they see like this, you know, business. I always like try to like make a point. I was like, it's a lot more luxurious than you think. A lot of times, like 
even though it looks like a certain way, it's an amazing tool, but it's by no means like a way for you to compare and like see where you are versus another person. I don't know. It's a You're wonderful You're talking about for, design, for young, young designers yeah, or people, yeah, they, yeah, they're, sure. they're sitting there comparing themselves to, to... see like, you know, oh, like this business is like very successful because of like these amount of followers or like what they're, you know, right. they're doing. I, I'm, I don't know. It's just, I no, think... No, listen, I'd like to squash that kind of thing too. Really, it doesn't really matter the amount of followers you have, right? But if you're engaging with those people yes, or exactly. not. That's it. Yeah. Like if you have you know, 2,000 followers, but those people are adamant about your work and they're, that's more important right. at the end of the day. Uh, I think you get that and you yeah. can tell because you don't buy followers, you don't, you build everything organically and um, it's also, look, you kind of started coming up at a point where, you know, this is the model that everyone wants yeah, to emulate. Yeah, changing, right? Yeah. And so, you naturally knew how to brand. You naturally knew that, oh, like, let me get, have good photography. You knew all of those things, um, which has now allowed you to sort of start a company and a brand without mm -hmm. too many showrooms or right. galleries, right? I mean, yeah. and you even have, you have your hesitations even about certain online vendors or this or that, right? Mm -hmm. So is that, this is all just coming naturally to you, right? It's just like the way that you are operating yeah. based on, understanding your business and the people buying from you. The branding definitely comes a little more natural than like pricing or, right, right, you know, right, all of that. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so are you actively looking for showrooms? Are you actively looking for those partnerships? No, and I didn't even think that you were supposed to go after them. Oh, really? Um, you just were waiting for them to all come to you? No, I just... No, I mean, which they will. I haven't even thought... <laughs> Have they approached you? I think from sight and scene, I've um, had like a couple and then, I mean, I have like inquiries for like retailing our work, sure. which I don't wholesale furniture at this point. Okay. I just like made a point like we are not wholesaling furniture okay. for a while. That's good. Until I understand a little bit more of like the market and our consumers and everything, you know. And those retailers are at, at what sort of price point, you know, like are they going to be able to hit the like $8,000 table? Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, okay. this is a lot with the lamps. I think the lamps okay, are like the, the lamps, pieces yeah. that are doing really well. Um, so not gallery wise. I mean, it sounds really, um, what's the word compelling? I don't know. Sure. It sounds like really um, attractive to have someone who can be excited about your work and want to want you to grow kind of like a mentor. I mean, they're going to profit, you're going to profit, but you're as a collaborative team are trying to create interesting pieces. So that side of like the business of like having a representative. Well, was it, is it just because of the stress of like invoicing, doing this, doing that, like handling the client? Is it, is it, does that, is that what's intriguing and compelling no, about I think it? it? I think it's the human like relationship on my end. Mm -hmm. I, the whole idea of like me wanting to work corporate was because I loved the idea of have, like being in a team and having a good boss. That was like my goal. It's like if I can have like a really good boss so I can learn to be a good boss myself, like that would be amazing. And thankfully, ah, because you knew that you eventually would become your own boss. It's well, sort of like a training like, ground for you. You know, as you get promoted, like if you're like a creative director, or like you have people, you know, you want to have a good solid yeah. boss to 
you know. I just know have how never to heard leave. anyone really say this. <laughs> like to be honest, like mm-hmm. most people don't leave. Yeah, most artist designers I know they definitely want to start out somewhere that will help right. build their reputation or build, you know. Uh, but you seem like you've been an entrepreneur for a while. Like you've yeah, been... and I didn't realize it until later. I know. I like, <laughs> I... <laughs> like you have the entrepreneurial spirit. You're doing everything direct to consumer. You build your own brand. You've you've really you're just sort of doing it. Yeah. Um, I also just like don't think that I mind failing in different aspects. Like not necessarily like getting sued or like something terrible happening. Of sure. course, I get stressed about that. But if like a product doesn't work out, if I say like something on social media, like I'm going to do this and then doesn't happen, I was like, <laughs> I don't care. I mean, I tried, you know, I was like, what am I going to do about it? So in that aspect, I think it's important for you to like not take it too seriously. I tell everybody, just try it and see what happens, like what what can happen, you know? And in today's world, everybody's like in an instant like subscription and like getting things like now, like they're going to, they're not going to remember, yeah, honestly. Right. So um, I don't even remember what we were going with that uh, i mean we're, we're talking about a bunch of different stuff. um well so the gallery the galleries yeah. essentially it comes back to yeah it, wanting to work with a with the gallery system right. or if yeah. this if you're really because if you're building all of these different aspects to the to your studio um it just seems like you may not need that model uh, or, but I've been yeah. I'm curious as to where you were about it, you know, just personally, because there is something intriguing and compelling about it. And, you know, then also you have them backing you in terms of the price points, right? Like if you don't know where to go with your prices, they'll be very clear as to where you need to go right. with your pricing. Um, I, I don't know if you're this way, but it's just the idea of like, every, you know, what you were saying, like, what's your goal? Like a lot of times, like you straight on, like ask me that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> um, but to me, it always comes out like I just want to be able to grow, like in all aspects. Like I want to cool. be able to grow as an artist, as a designer. I want to be able to like, you know, create jobs because I'm an immigrant. You know, I'm not a citizen quite yet. And I want to show America what's up. Um, so like I want to grow. <laughs> and yeah, I love that. I, I, yeah. I feel I feel exactly the same way. Um, yeah. I believe that if you're not growing, you're dying. And yeah, so it, it just, I, artistically, as a person, exactly. everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I fully believe in that philosophy as well. Um, so I think you're right. I think it's possible doing, you know, with the business models that we can create today. Um, but there's something really attractive of having. And maybe that's like through a creative community. Maybe that's like having peers that are alongside, like doing yeah. the same thing. And we can challenge each other. But yep. that's like what I what I like want to be. I want to be challenged. I want to be like, okay, what if you start... Who's someone that challenges you today? Uh, right now, I don't have that person. <laughs> um, now, when you say that, do you mean uh, in your life or people that you, that you look up to, things like that? or It's just... Like, who does any leave follow? And, 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 well, and, and I have say, wow, like, like... I have like mentors and I have do. like people that... I talked to about like business um, decisions and like, you know, my husband's like my partner. So we talked about those things. But in terms of like, the creative side, mm-hmm. I because I haven't been in like a, basically like coming out of school, like where you're often like being critiqued, you know, and even SCAD, they're like very passive. They're very like soft about critiquing okay. from like my Asian like roots is like, no, like More critical. Yeah. Let's um, be honest about <laughs> let's this. Let's dig deep. Yeah. Um, 
So I kind of miss that. I miss having the other person being like, no, this is shit. Like, you should do something. Like, you know, like, you should change this or you should try this. Like, that's, like, something that I miss a lot. And, like, being here in this space alone and being able to create is fun and all. But you miss that. having, yeah, a second opinion. You know, this is so funny because I remember when I left school, mm-hmm. uh, undergrad, and then more so even in grad school, where you're so used to being critiqued mm-hmm. that... It was like a fresh a breath, uh, a breath of fresh air to not be so heavily critiqued oh, really? right after school. Yeah. And then you go into this phase of saying, well, uh, now I kind of need it and miss it. Like today, no one critiques my work. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and, and it's a little scary because basically everyone that comes to visit, they're just there to support you, to be, oh, I love this or I love that, but you don't get that critical thing anymore. And what I've learned is that it you you have to just be that for yourself. Like yeah. the, the, the conversation and the dialogue, and especially in design, is not critical. Like you're not gonna read, like New York Times, right? They have their art uh, criticism column, you know, Roberta Smith, and, uh, and they really dig into artists, you know, yeah. what they're doing. But that doesn't exist in design. And so you have to be your own. Because in design, your criticism is if it sells or not. Like that's kind of. You think so? Yeah, like I mean, because you know, at the end of the day, is it successful or not? And how is it successful? Is like if it sells or. You know, I wouldn't want to gauge a person's success on whether the stuff sells or not. But that's what I'm saying. That design often was in that mindset that I feel like it needs to be a little more local, a little more personal, to merge those things. You know, because it shouldn't just be about success in terms of like selling it should be more effective in other quality of the design (laughs) and maybe what it means or what it's doing exactly so that's what i mean by like the criticism of design like and i mean don't get me wrong even in school like my you know my professors would be like oh i don't know about the shape and i i would like fight for it i i was like very stubborn as well like i would i love like listening to criticism but also like creating your own judgment and like standing by it and that's what I mean. Like, I don't mean to, like, be, like, you know, stepped on or anything. But I think there's some a healthy balance to be able to talk about your work and not be completely married to and either defend it or think about whether it needs to be more malleable and change directions. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I remember um, you talking to me about this at one point as well, where you're really willing to pivot based on the audience's reaction. Yeah, and also I get board really easily. Yeah, I want to actually talk about that too because you're willing to stop a series, right, and say mm-hmm. sold out. I've seen it on your website where something <laughs> says sold out. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. So she's willing to sort of, even if it's successful, like let's say these lamps, they're doing very well, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you get bored. Are you going to say, okay, I'm done with these lamps and move on to the next or... I don't know about the lamps yet, but okay. <laughs> I definitely got bored of the vases. Okay. And I still get inquiries of vases. And I was like, this was like a commission work for a restaurant. And I don't. So you're willing to say no? Yeah. I'm just like. Hi, for your no. vision of what you want to be. Yeah. And like, I just don't want to make them. Cool. <laughs> like, I can't. No, listen, I, I think it's not only smart. I think it's going to keep you growing and evolving mm-hmm. versus people being like, oh, yeah, the girl that does the, va- you know, the vases yeah. or the, you know, I. But it, but it's an interesting move because if something is successful, yeah. it's very hard to say, 
oh yeah, I'm going to go ahead and stop that series. And I enjoyed that series and now I'm, I'm moving on. But I, I think that I know why they're successful and I don't really quite believe in like why they're <laughs> What? Tell me. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, coming from an interior design background, a lot of times it's nice to just have very simple things that you can put them together and they look good with each other instead of having a really beautiful piece that can stand on its own. Mm. So the vases that I had created, it was designed meant to be tons of them on a shelf against a bar. And, you know, so that's not a, how they end up living, though. Or is that, they are. They, okay, they you know, um, so like the increase, like a lot of people want to get them as like a group of all these like vases together. And then sometimes they just want to buy on its own. And I hate them on its own. Like they just like and they're so boring to make. They're know. boring to make. Yeah, because I have to throw them everything on the wheel and it's just too <laughs> much. Yeah. Well, but the lamps, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know if I'm gonna get bored yet or not. You're still, you're still having fun with them. Cause they're so easy to get on it. It's hand building. It's like playing with mud or like right. making sand castles. It's so easy. And they're hollow, just, right? They're just yeah, yeah they're yeah. hollow. Okay. Easy yeah. meaning like your body is not too constrained, and it's like I can put a podcast on and I can go at it. Yeah. And then they change directions. I like go do something else. Like I, because I have to wait until for them to stiffen sure, up to a little bit. Up, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like a filler. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So you can uh, work on other stuff while while these mm-hmm, are being made. Exactly. Yeah. Um, something I want to talk about. You brought it up. You know, I didn't think about having this conversation with you during um, when I was prepping, but you're an immigrant. Mm-hmm. Korean immigrant. Brazilian. Brazil. Oh, you, oh Brazilian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Born and raised. Yeah. Born and raised, but your parents are Korean. Mm-hmm. And now you're here. Uh, there's been a lot of attention around women makers, women in general this year. And so, like, it's part of you're trying to sort of, you know, take a position and be like, listen, I'm came to this country. I'm able to do this. Do you have thoughts about that, or how how are you feeling about that 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 conversation right now? Um, and is it something you're conscious of? And you know that. I mean, I'm I'm passionate about things that are fucked up and they're happening like you know um and i think everybody should be honestly rather like i'm like strong believer like women-owned business like i think that's beautiful and everything but i just like mostly pay attention to like what's happening at the moment whether it's like a minority you know something's happening to them or it like doesn't matter who it doesn't matter if you're you know white male or like if you're a minority and it's just if it's happening it sucks because it shouldn't you know and obviously there's like an imbalance and I don't believe in that. Um, and it's really great to be in this wave of like women owned like small businesses. Um, but I just like take one issue at a time. I don't sure. Know. Yeah. So it's not something that you're you're consciously trying to promote. It's just how you are and the, the, the things that you're interested in speaking out yeah. about or, or. I mean, it's still important. Like, let's say for the business that my mom and I are thinking of creating i was raised by a single mother so for her that topic is really important and i told her listen because she's an older generation i told her we're not it's not about selling a product anymore it's about selling like a belief a a lifestyle you know you have to like have something you're passionate about because otherwise you're it's too hard to just sell a product you're not gonna you know want to keep doing that and you feel like that's through stories through narrative that you create? Yeah, I think that's like something that she's... Yeah. I want this to be her project, like as much as it is mine. So her thing was like, I really want to support single mothers because cool. that's, you know, that's me. And I was like, yes, let's 
do that, you know. But you think of like a way how, how we're going to yeah, yeah. do it. Because that's going to keep her motivated. Uh, and, will you do this under any Lee Parker brand? or? Yeah, so like my jewelry is under this collection called Artist Line. Okay. Um, and the clothes will go underneath that too. But when you speak to the press or whatever, you will your mom will be there as well. Mm-hmm, as, yeah. as It would be like a family, little family thing. That's very cool. Yeah. So... And this, you guys must be very like best friends kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, we couldn't live under the roof because we like would fight too much. Oh, really? But we're like, So yeah. creatively, you're going to be, a, you'll, you'll work together just fine? Yeah, she, um, I know what she's good at. And I was raised by my mom, like bringing like 500 leather strings, telling me to like make belts out of it. Because <laughs> we were, you know, we were like, we're raised in Brazil. Well, like weaving it? Or? Yeah, like I Well, grew no up, wonder like, your work has turned out the way oh, it has. I, she would put me into like factories. <laughs> I worked at like swap meetings in California. Like I had some weird jobs. And I think that's why I'm like totally fine. All of those influences is why you make the work you make today. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up in Mexico. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand its influence maybe until the last few years of yeah. my life. And I'm, I'm, I've just turned 40. So it, it's like it takes a while to kind of step back from your own life mm-hmm. and see how the influences, how Brazil has influenced you, how, yeah. you know, your mom. Sure. Yeah. What's next for what's next for you? Um, I think we briefly talked about this, but we I'm I had this idea that I've wanted to do of um, traveling to a place and creating product pieces there using like their resources. So I noticed that I was getting a lot of inquiries from Australia and, you know, shipping and customs is a little crazy. So I was like, what if I just like go there and create everything, you know, because then we would, you know, cut that. So I just like an artist in residency kind of thing. Yeah, I'm calling artists in travel. Um, So it'd be like every year I would pick, we would like, you know, pick a place that we felt like we had strong inquiries and then I would go there for a month and create and that's a great but idea. we would take all the orders before before yeah this sure. is brilliant so right now we're kind of working I just had a phone call and I think I might be partnering with like you know an interior design company who's gonna host me that way we can really go <sighs> this is great yeah so I'm really excited I really hope are you gonna document all this um, or just through social? I mean, I mean yeah, I, I think mean. through social and okay. maybe like just let a couple of like press people know. Um, just because I'll be going, Australia is really far. Very far. Yeah. We have a great, we have clients there and uh, we see a lot of stuff from, uh, you know, Melbourne and things. But I never thought about what you're, I mean, this is a great idea. Yeah, I think it's completely doable. And the idea of using local clay sources. Oh my God, yeah, that's fantastic. It's just, there's something really beautiful about. You know, getting yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's poetry. Especially if you think about like I purchase like something that I want, I really want to get, and that person's coming all the way here to create it. Yeah, and it's I so can great. like, and then know, like, you can, can meet it. that. Yeah, exactly. Dude, this is going to be. We're going to have like workshops, and we're going to have like meetings with clients coming. So, I'm really hoping that. that and you works put all this together. Really. Yeah, it's something that I had in my in the back of my head, and then it didn't click until I got. I was like, oh, I really just want to go to Australia and do this. And then there's an interior design company who has like an incredible following and does Can you say like, who it is? For the company? Um, I don't know if it's gonna happen okay. yet or not. Because hey, like, we're having our last meeting on Friday. Okay. Um, regardless if it goes through or not, we're still gonna try to make it, even if it's just my end. Awesome. But I think it'd be really fun to partner with someone. Of course. Um so they they would basically host 
me to go. So like, you know, we give would you a little be, area to work. Yeah, they have like a warehouse. So they had um, the owner, Lucy, she had messaged me on Instagram wanting to host like, you know, host sell them. Pieces. And I was like, we don't wholesale pieces. So I think that was like a great like gap. Like yeah. we can meet in the middle and do something with that. And I think it's going to be really fun. That's and incredible. it's so funny because she also had the space that she's been thinking of doing like similar of what I want to do. Cool. Of having artists coming. Awesome. So it's like kind of perfect. Yeah. Uh, while you were saying this, I was wondering, uh, do you have a PR firm? Mm-mm. Okay. I do everything. So this is this is you figuring all this stuff out, your own strategy. This is great. Yeah, I have a friend who um, project managed all of the artwork in the Mercedes Stadium in Atlanta. Okay. And he's fantastic. So there's like a lot of stuff that he, a lot of the kinks that he's going to help me iron out because cool. he basically, that's like his job. Like that's what he does. Dude, I, I, I love your spirit, man. It's like, you know, since school, you collaborate with people that know, you know, the photographer or this or that and you, yeah. you you just figure it out on your own and use your community to to do it because we have i mean we have that i know so it's like listen i know but i don't think I mean, that this it's is why i don't I think it's yeah which we didn't even talk about because i'm yeah. sure it was a big moment of like after the momentum had built well, I've been like, we've been trying to move here for like three years oh, and you also been. at the same time okay. buy a house in savannah so it was like a very polar opposite oh, weird. decisions okay. Um, and it didn't happen until this year, so. I know you've only been here since January of. Uh, yeah, uh, January, February. Mm-hmm. So you've been on almost one year now. Yeah. That's incredible. You've really done. Uh, sure. You've really left a, a good mark. You know, when I was when I told my 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 team that I was interviewing you, they were they're they were just so excited. They're like, <laughs> we we love Eddie Lee Park, and so you know, I number one, I think you're doing awesome, and um, yes. I'm so glad we got this chance to sit down and chat because I've been wanting to do this, and I feel like. Uh, maybe we'll do a, another one next year, something, a podcast where we kind of follow up and see what's been happening <laughs> yeah. after Australia, after, you know, you get bored of the lamps or something, know, see where you are next. Um, but I'm tracking your career. I think you're doing great. And um, thanks for, for doing this. Thank you. Thanks. All right. <laughs>